Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ken Brown, the Dungeon Master for Riven, the Shattered Continent, and I want to welcome you back to our world. Can the heroes of our story please introduce themselves? Hello. I'm Harkos Ironjaw Pissarro. I'm not too sure what to say I am anymore other than one of the many who are standing up against the rise of Cyraxis. And I am portrayed by Nick Simpson. And I am Trevor Ironjaw. By the light of Numerath and the help of family and friends, I shall stand strong against the dragon tyrant, Cyraxis. Portrayed by Brad Konawa. Thank you, heroes, and thank you all for joining us at our table. We bid you welcome and hope that you enjoy Rolling in the Geek. The last month in Aetherport. The cataclysm and ruin left behind by Cyraxis left a scar upon the face of the city of Aetherport. Its once pristine, cloud-caressing structures were left keeping masses of stone and steel. The massive hole where her form erupted from below the earth quickly became a site of mourning and curiosity. People flocked from the nearby areas to assist in recovery, but also to take in the sights of the ruined capital. A further curiosity for those living in Aetherport became known as the Spear. A 60-foot diameter cylinder of leyline light poured out of the hole behind Cyraxis as she emerged. 
The spear broke through the cloud cover overhead and into the atmosphere. People are saying it pierced the heavens and fear it killed the gods themselves, for the world is truly on the brink of destruction. These feelings of despair were shepherded by the immense loss that the capital suffered. 2,214 souls were found dead or not found at all the day after, and an additional 587 died from injuries sustained during the event. Many were saved by healers, apothecaries, and knowledgeable citizens around the city, but this figure is unknown at this time. Tireless crews from the surrounding fragments have come to the aid of the capital in its time of most dire need. Even people from as far away as the little mining town of Iron's Edge came to offer their assistance, led by their governess, Melia Tinleaf. A small contingent from the Underdark, led by their Valsharas Lena, came to offer their allegiance to the surface and to announce to the world that they have taken a new clan name, Undersoul. Many merchant elves and their families have opened their stores of food and money to help remake Aetherport as well, but many suspect ulterior motives behind this benevolence. The elven merchants don't take on bad investments. A leader among the merchant families has come out, named Rilo Kaoren. Her family was among the wealthiest and most powerful families in the capital, and her family crest can be seen above many aid stations that are found around the city. Of those who came from below, all recovered fine. Evelyn quickly went back to work aboard the Brava. Captain Kirby was still in the hospitaler's bed when Lenara took the Brava back to the skies to ferry supplies back and forth to the city. Phil took the longest to recover, only having taken his first few steps in the last couple of days. The others took their well-deserved rest and went back to work. We pick back up at the miraculously untouched Iron Jaw Estate. What have the two of you done in the last month, and who is with you at dinner with Trevor's family? Oh, Jesus. You know, sir, I asked you this earlier. Mm-hmm. I, and, and you didn't tell me we had to come up with what we did the last month. I said that there would be some, uh, there was some play and stuff and then some, you know, some winged stuff. I thought you meant on your end. <laughs> you assumed. It's not oh, my fault. Fuck. Uh, but given, given the situation that you're, that, so there's, there's a lot happening in Aether Port right now. Uh, you know, there's, that this is, uh, you know, the city slash continent coming together after, a tragedy. Uh, so there is so much happening around the city and people from everywhere are coming around. I would say we've definitely been helping with this yeah, whole I, situation. I, I assumed, but I didn't. I was also assuming that there would be some very specific things that you wanted to do or take care of uh, during the interim. I, I think other than general like like brad was saying like just general um helping rebuild helping recoup and and like just uh trying to help find sir any any of the survivors or even any of the the fallen uh to put to people to rest or whatever right any time outside of that because harkos with everything going on um 
is going to want to just find busy work to keep his mind away, because if he doesn't, he's going to drive himself insane just sitting here. Um, I think he would be, he would specifically go out of his way uh, to try and, like, just get the kids playing again. You know, like, he he would be trying to drive some form of joy amongst the kids, because you're not going to make adults happy with what's going on. But, in, but children probably don't fully understand it, and so he would he would have those first couple of days where he's like trying to fix Aetherport and then realize that he's bashing his head into this wall of a task that's unachievable alone or even with help in the time that he has. So he's going to focus on something he can do and think back to Cassie, especially when Iron's Edge people start coming back. I think that's when it's going to click in his head. He's like, OK, well, what can I fix? And so he's going to go around and make sure kids are happy. Uh, the people from Iron's Edge come, uh, they are there within the first week uh, that they bring mining supplies, uh, that these people are a people that are very used to moving earth and stone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that once they get there is when progress really starts to happen. So uh, you you do see a lot of familiar faces, people that you saw around town that at the time that you were there were guards, but have taken back their that they've picked their pickaxes back up uh, and put down their swords. So so that builds into it really well. Then like Harkos will see that they're picking up the heavier part of the work, and then that's when he'll take a step back and go, okay, well, what else can I do? And then he'll kind of devote his time into taking the kids' minds off of the the terror bad things that are going on. Uh, Harkos, can you do me a favor and go ahead and roll a perception check for me? Yep. Uh, that'll be an 18. Okay. I uh, so you're out with some of the, uh, some of the kids who are kind of in some shelters that have been set up, uh, either that their parents haven't been found yet or their parents are injured and, and they're getting temporary housing for, for these kids. And so you're, you're out front of one of these uh, and there's some work that's happening very close by you. Um, and then you hear a commotion uh, from probably somewhere in the same like block that you are uh, but it sounds like it sounds like people are rushing uh, and with your perception check you hear we found a survivor uh, Harkos would like tell the, the kids with the big everyone stay right here it's gonna be fine uh, I will be right back I promise don't, don't even worry about a thing and he'd rush over to assist Okay. Uh, you rush over and you see uh, some some of the familiar faces from Iron's Edge that they're taking some heavy equipment to what was once uh, you know a pretty pretty decent sized family home. Uh, and you help them start tearing these chunks out, uh, and you know you you proved yourself on the on the Brava that you could you you mm-hmm. could lift a little bit more than uh, than I think people would have expected from you. But you're you're in there getting your hands dirty, and you pull uh, 
you pull a, a particularly stubborn stone away and you see a cloak. And it's a cloak with the coat of arms of the uh, the Jubilee family. And as you start to clear away more of this debris, you are torn as you find William's body. But as you move stuff around him, it becomes apparent why he died. Is he covered two children? I don't want to play anymore. As this building came down around him, that it seems he wasn't able to get out, and he did everything that he could to shield these children who have survived because of him. Yeah. That's where we'll call it. We're out of here. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so, um, Harkles will help get the kids out and kind of direct them over to where the other kids are and and let them know that everything's going to be okay. The, they're going to get some help and he'll be over there in a second. And then he's going to proceed to uh, unearth William. <sighs> uh, between you and the, the few people that are helping, you are able to, as gingerly as possible, uh, get his get his body freed uh, so that it can be put into uh, a more uh, uh, respectful position. Uh, but there's a there's a crew of people who uh, this is pretty much their job that they they eventually come around and they collect uh, they collect William's body to be taken and cleaned and be prepared for burial. Okay, Trevor, what uh, do you do in the interim? Take your time, Brad. I gotta cry silently, so. I got fucking choked up there for a second, so don't don't feel bad at all. I I said we were calling it there. That was it for the night. We're we're done. I can't I can't handle anymore. <laughs> the dice is, chose. I did not. If this is a sign of what's to come in season two, I might have to side with Brad on this one. Like I don't I don't know. I don't know if I can handle it. Oh, shit. <sighs> oh, that hurts. It's a good hurt, though. Like, good for him, but fuck me. Let the kids die. Fuck you. Fuck you, <laughs> man. Eat, <laughs> eat, eat an ass. Eat a whole ass. You know, Look, make your fucking decisions. Make your fucking decisions. Cooked. Not even cook, just raw ass. I hope, you know what? I hope Kingsley and the spell that brings him back are both dead. How, how's that feel? Man. Freaking jerk. Let the kids die. Let you die. How about that? Go ride a train. <laughs> so, I would assume Trevor has probably assisted in some of the healing when he can. I would say that you were tapped quite early in uh, the 
the hospitaler's efforts to uh, try to take care of as many people as possible. And, and then also uh, he'd be he'd be mending tools and whatnot to help keep people, you know, searching. And your uh, your mother and father uh, are quickly able to get themselves back. Uh, I think that your your dad's shop is one of the first to reopen and is offering, uh, you know, offering free mending and repairs for any equipment or tools that start that start to wear or get damaged uh, and has kind of become a, a hub for a lot of these workers to, you know, that they they go back there. They either switch stuff out or they get something mended very quickly. Uh, and I would say that you're probably if that's if it's OK for you, that that's probably where a majority of your work on that is happening. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so one of these one of these days, you're there's a, a one of the mine workers from Iron's Edge comes up to you and uh, hands you a uh, pretty badly broken shovel uh, and kind of gives you a little bit of a, a smile like Meh, you know I, I, they're they're doing some hard work but he he hands it off to you and uh, he points over at a rack and he's like is it okay if I just grab a grab another one and get back out there yes go right ahead uh. I'll get this one fixed up and put over on the rack for someone else. Uh, he he gives you a, he gives you a nod and he goes over and, and grabs another grabs another shovel. But as he as he moves uh, behind him is a uh, the very dirty, very disheveled Lord Tyrillian. Uh, he uh, looks at you. He says, uh, "I don't, I don't really know how to use any of this, but if I can be of any assistance, I, I offer it." Have, uh, by all means, do whatever you think you can handle, and I can show you how to use it, or I'm sure there's others out there also. Trevor, I got... I should have... I should have listened to you. (laughs) Should have... I should have ran. I got... I got buried. I got... I got buried underneath the I got buried underneath my own estate. Underneath your own estate. I did you, you 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 didn't attempt to get out after everything? I I tried to help as many people as I could, but they didn't want to listen. It was an uphill battle. And the last thing that I 
could think to try to do was <clears throat> get to my vault. As if I could grab some coin, I could grab something that would be worth anything, then I could use it to help fix things. And that was when the upper floors of my estate collapsed and sealed me within my own vault. I should have listened to you. I should have gone when I had the chance. You... I'd... You did quite the noble thing, attempting to get them to listen. I... I've seen a lot of bad things in this battle that I've fallen into. And I guess I've gotten to the point that if if people don't want to listen, then I may as well try to get to more people who do. So you you did what I what I couldn't. I, I couldn't bring myself to argue lives when I could be moving them and you risked your life for it that's quite a feat I'm, I'm glad you're okay if not a little shaken you know you, you say that Trevor but I didn't listen the first time either It's, I stand here because of you and Parkos's perseverance. So I hope that you don't you don't give up too easy. Uh, he goes over and he grabs this little uh, <clears throat> this like little spade shovel and he says uh, that would this one be fine? I don't know what the difference between any of these are. <laughs> Anything will be fine. I'm I'm gonna go over and, and and shake his hand. Uh he uh so he kind of like as you come up he uh shifts the shovel over to his his offhand and he he shakes your hand and he uh he looks at you for a long moment and he says I um The only good thing about any of this is that uh, to rescue me, they had to rescue my vault as well. And uh, I let them take anything that they wanted out of it. And it's all supposed to go back to back to here, back to the city. So Hopefully, it will make some difference, but uh, 
All I can say for now is that uh, despite centuries worth of extravagant wealth, I am now a pauper. But I hope that it makes a difference. Everything makes a difference. Even the small things make a difference. I know you may not have listened initially, but I'm glad you did eventually. He gives you a, like, kind of a, like a half smile. And he says, uh, well, best go and give whatever else of myself that I can. He uh, picks up the shovel and kind of gives you a little wave with it. And he turns and walks out as a couple of the drow from uh, that you met before. They bring in some some tools that they need to have worked on. I uh, so they the they hand you off the stuff. They it, this is this is pretty much the norm that you that you deal with for a little while here. Uh, <laughs> Bring in broken tools, take out fixed tools, fixed tools, put new fixed tools where broken or where the other tools were. <laughs> it's, Rinse it's and repeat. It's monotonous, but uh, you know that the efficiency with which you and your father are able to churn out this stuff and produce new as people are wearing stuff down that it's just to the point that it can't be fixed uh, there's there's not another shop in all of Aetherport that would be able to make the same claim damn right uh, but fast forward a few weeks uh, Harkos, you've been trying to help the children as much as possible, keep them, keep them smiling, uh, helping out where you can around town. And Trevor, you do the same. And over this month, the city isn't fixed. It's going to take a long time for it to be <laughs> fixed, at least to the point that it would be the crown jewel of this of this continent in the same way that it was. And maybe it never will, but it's a start. But we pick up one day before your dinner. It's the night before. And the both of you have received a letter from Phil asking if you could both come and speak with him. Yep. Yep. Uh, so you all head out to to meet up with Phil. You know where he's staying, that he kind of got shifted over to uh, like a less intensive uh, medical area that is more focused on getting people recovered. Uh, and you you know that just a couple of days ago, Phil was finally able to get on his feet and walk a little bit. Uh, and it wasn't any physical damage that was done to him. It, it didn't look like he had something. St he wasn't stabbed. He wasn't 
beaten too severely. It was just whatever this magic was, whatever put him under and drained him, drained him harder than either Evelyn or Kirby. And I think that the two of you have a conversation at some point, and the reason for that probably was if they were trying to take things from you to fuel Cyraxis coming back, that the reason that that happened is because out of anybody, Phil's the closest with both of you. Mm -hmm. And so he had more to give than anybody else. But you walk in, uh, walk into this little makeshift hospital that he's that he's at for recovery. And you you go up to his room, kind of give it a little bit of a tap and and you hear him say from the other side. Yeah, come, come on in, guys. Uh, but you walk in and you see Phil as you haven't really seen him for a while that he doesn't have his armor on. He doesn't have his weapons at his side. He's just kind of dressed with all of his stuff kind of laid out. Uh, laid out along the bed and, and on the like table and stuff, all the all the adventuring gear that he that he had carried with him. Uh, he looks up at the two of you and he gives a, a little smile and he there's a, a small circle table that's set up in the corner of his room and he kind of gestures over for you guys to sit. Yep, sit down. Yep. So he, he takes a seat with you and he, he pulls out uh, he, he pulls a tray from uh, nearby the bed that has some has some tea that was brought up to him that he he offers he's if you guys want some tea or you know there's some crackers and stuff there if you want any of that too yeah Harkos will get some just to be polite I guess yeah uh, so he he sets out little teacups and saucers and he pours he pours all of you some tea and uh he takes his cup in his hand and he kind of gives it a sniff and and takes a little bit of a sip and sets it back down. And he says, uh, that was, uh, that was a lot. Everything that happened that was a lot. Yeah, there was. Yeah, it was crazy. We, You know, we were worried that we we lost you. Well, from the way that I felt, I'm pretty sure you almost did. I don't know how to. I don't know how to bring this up gently, and so I'm just going to do it. I can't do this anymore, guys. I got a wife. I got a daughter. I've. The whole point of me starting this whole thing, going to Iron's Edge and, and, you know, stabbing some little monsters like it was for them. And I. Yeah, I think back a lot 
to Glenn and Cassie and how how much you could see that it hurt the two of them to it, it hurt Cassie and her mom to, to lose Glenn and we all know that it was a minor miracle that we found him and that he was able to survive and, and be healed and brought back but I don't think that I can rely on a miracle to be able to see my family again I agree. I don't want to leave you. I don't. I don't. I honestly don't. I'm so much stronger than I was when when I first met you guys outside of Iron's Edge. And and, uh, I'm so much more than I was, but I'm just afraid of where that path takes me well judging by everything I don't think it's going to get any better so um, you should go be with your wife and daughter exactly I mean it's it's exactly what you said Phil I mean you you have a family and, and, and a life that you put on hold to go try and make your family's life easier and Trevor and I and and not in a bad way but Trevor and I we have this we don't have to worry about people worrying about us people like you and and Trevor's parents and and, and Cassie uh, I mean, they'll worry. But if Trevor and I can do our job, they'll they'll also you'll you'll all keep going. If if something were to happen to you, like you said, like like Glenn's family, your your family, they'd stop. And I knew things were getting bad, but it wasn't until Phil, I know it's not anyone's fault, but we never meant. If if we I, have had I, had an inkling that Cyraxis was in the city, uh, I know, I know, and I don't want you to think that I regret it, because I don't. I saw more of this world with the two of you than I think that I ever would have if I were on my own, if I stayed at home with my family. And it's taught me a lot. And it's it's made me realize that there is a bigger, grander world that I'm hoping that I can express that to my daughter as she grows up and maybe she'll be able to do something more than just be but I want to see her be able to do that and so this I've had a lot of time to think 
while I've been in here recovering. And this was not an easy decision, but I think it's the one that I have to make. There's a... His, as scary as it is, there's a train that's going to be leaving tonight. And I'm going to be on that train. So Harkos is going to fuss around in his bag for a minute. Like he's going to turn and, and dig around in his bag for a bit. And um, he's going to he's going to pull out uh, a, a bag of gold. And this isn't this isn't Nick being charitable. This is this is loot that is true and rightfully fills that never got divvied up because we didn't take the time to do it. So Ken, don't shit all over my Cheerios. <laughs> <laughs> Not even pee on them. You're thinking I'm going to shit on them. So Harkus is going to pull out a, a bag and place it in front of Phil. We don't fault you. And and I'm going to say that in character. And this isn't charity. When, when we cleared the temple to go get the relic to save Trevor... The Avatar, he gave us a chest full of many things, and I have dealt with it, and, and this is this is your share from clearing that out. So I, I won't let you not take it. If you want to get on that train, you will take this pouch with you. It's 3,000 so gold, he, by the way. He, is how much? 3,000. Jeez. Uh, so he, he reaches forward and he, he grabs the bag and he puts it in uh, he puts it in a traveling bag that he he had kind of set up near the near the table. And he says, uh, at this point, I think I've earned it. So I'll I'll take it. More more. Uh, but he points over to the uh, to the the bed that has all of his stuff kind of laid out on it, and he says, uh, uh, "I don't think that I'm going to be really needing any of that. Hopefully, I don't at least. Uh, so feel free to take it. This is not really anything too special, except for that bow that we found in the Underdark that you can you can keep a hold of that." I, I don't want to sound like a I don't want to sound too bad when I say this, but perhaps maybe you take all that with you just in case who's to say that with the way things are going I'd rather you have it, Phil, than need it I agree The game has changed now, and many more things are far more uncertain than they were prior. Um, so, obviously, Trevor and I hope that you have no need for them, but 
should you need to defend your family and, and your town, you should... And, and even if you should not, you should have them to show your daughter as she grows up that this was the armor and this, these were the weapons that, that her father used in the war as one of the founding members of the B-team. You see his, like, lip start to quiver. And he stands up, he kind of turns away from you. And he turns back and his eyes are just chock full of tears. And he he says, you know, there was part of me that was really hoping that you would say that you wanted me to come with, but I'm so relieved that you're that you want me to go. Like it, but we don't. I it's it's and it's, to what you said, it's not that we want you to go, Phil, but we can't we can't ask you to come with. Obviously, we'd take you. You're like you said, you've you've become so much more than. You ever? I, I, I mean, we always saw in you ever, ever since the man with the weird butter knife outside Iron's Edge. But we can't. You're you're right. It's it's a lot now, and we can't take you. We I mean, you you've been with us. You know, we don't ask people to do things they they offer to do them and and you have offered up until this point and we're not going to start asking now so over the course of the next hour the the three of you chat and Phil starts getting all of his stuff packed away gets his armor put on straps his morning star to his waist we expect a letter as soon as you make it home. I'll make sure that I let you know. But he gathers up his things and the two of you escort him to the train. And you watch him board, go and find his seat sit down and you watch as the train takes off into the distance. Why didn't and we call it when William died? Because <laughs> <laughs> fuck, Ken. Uh, oh my god. So we pick back up as you all set yourselves down for dinner. Hi, it's Nick, your sound wizard here. And I am uh, just here to send us on in to our commercial break to give you a little reprieve from us three knuckleheads trying to pretend like we're not madly in love with each other. So, for your listening pleasure... Here are some words from one of the other lovable geeks that we love to roll with.
Are you looking for a D&D podcast for the dark side? Something more like Game of Thrones and less like Monty Python? Tale of the Manticore is part dark fantasy audio drama, part solo D&D RPG. There's no plot armor here. The dice make all the important decisions. Join me as I resurrect the excitement, wonder, and emotion of old school D&D. Made for a mature audience, Tale of the Manticore is both a fiction and a game. It's the story where chaos rolls. Hi there, it's Ken, your Dungeon Master here. I come to you in our time of need. We love producing content for you, and we hope that we can ask you a favor. We need your support to keep on providing the content that we do, and to improve the content we put out now, and more. Anything you pledge to us goes directly back into the podcast for us to spend more time and energy on what we produce for you. There are benefits to each level, including my personal favorite, our after show called Under the Trenchcoat, where we discuss the happenings during each episode, get into story arcs, and sometimes we get crackpot ideas on what could be happening or coming down the line. Check us out over on patreon.com backslash rickgeek, that's R-I-T-G-E-E-K, to subscribe and get more of three guys who love numbers as long as they're on dice. So, who did you guys bring for dinner? Lenara. <sighs> I was going to invite Phil too, but since he already left on the on the train, that's not it's not happening. I I I have Avalon with. There's there's part of me that wants to say I also brought Evelyn, but I. It's been a weird month, so I I have Avalon and only Avalon. I uh, and. Evelyn has been so so busy that it was it would have been kind of a hard sell to to get her to to come along and it was even it's even a pretty hard sell to try to get uh Lenara to come but uh you ask her and she she says uh yeah uh should I <laughs> I'm super I? busy right now you promised <laughs> <laughs> uh should I get dressed like what, uh, whatever you would like to wear? It is not anything fancy. It's dinner with your parents. I don't know why that would not be an occasion for fanciness, but if that's what you want to wear, then by all means. I'm not well, I wearing your, a suit. Your parents have already seen me in uh full pirate regalia. I don't think that he'll be too surprised if I come in just whatever. No, I think it will be fine. So gets to be the night and uh, you all sit down for dinner. You don't know how, but Trevor, the first time a few weeks ago when you went to go check on your parents' estate, Somehow, some way, this, the grounds, untouched. There's a few things inside the house that were out of place from the earthquakes, but nothing was destroyed. There wasn't even a crack in the foundation from anything that happened. 
Uh, and your parents get back into town and, and you express this to them and, and tell them like, you know, that the, the grounds are safe. Like it, it, you know, pretty much just go right back in and have to tidy a little bit. But that's it's, it. And it's the fountain, isn't it? And your dad gives you a sly smile and he says, we we've never stopped our offerings. <sighs> was the last thing that we did before we left. I have someone tracking down Eakor. Perhaps Truly. we can hopefully help get Sam Renton back. If you think that the work that I do now is any kind of impressive, just if we're able to get we're able to get Sam Renton back. Any kind a whole of a different world. <laughs> Your work has always been impressive. I've seen illustrations of the work that was done by our family before the dragons fell. And whole different level well it will only make yours that much better then so the uh, first course gets set down in front of all of you as you're just kind of making some idle chit chat Uh, and your your mom and dad kind of look at each other uh, and your your dad takes a a spoonful of uh, whatever like kind of like sweet bread soup that they have that that got laid out for you for the the first uh the the first course it's like a it's like a bread bowl kind of or i need the exact recipe sir okay uh give me about 20 (laughs) minutes to look through uh to do some searches online but it's like a it's like a bread bowl with a like a really thick creamy soup in the middle uh, that is something that you you've probably done before, like yeah. with them. Uh, but your your dad takes a big chunk of bread and and puts a slop of soup on top of it. Takes a big bite and looks at you and uh, he says, uh, "So got two boys here and." Uh, girl sitting next to each of them. Should we be, uh, (laughs) should we be having a conversation about, about any of this? Oh, uh, uh, she's my sister. Uh, (laughs) and Avalon lets her guys down. Uh, and you see, Sterling goes, whoa, oh, so that's where you went. Um, that's, that's fine. Your siblings, that mean, that would, that, Harkos, that, that, that means you're the child of a Methuselah. Uh, two of them. Oh, my dear, sweet Sam Renton. 
All things considered, you're taking it a lot better than I did. No, it's not. It's, um, it's, uh, hang on. Don't tell me. I got my mom's name in my head. I'm trying to remember dad's, which is why I, I didn't mention him when I said the avatar because I fucking forgot then too. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's, it's Arrow Arath and, and, and Zivu Arath, right? No, that's, uh, yeah, that's why it is. It is. It's destiny. That's right. It's, it's Arrow, it's, Arrow Arath and Onyx. Yeah. Onyx. Yeah. See, I saw black. I saw blackness in my head. But I said Zivu or Wrath because I because it is Destiny. Anyway, Arrow or Wrath and, and Onyxieth. Father and mother, respectfully. Respectively. They had children. They, they had children. It, yes. Two. Oh. But Avalon and I are the... As far as we know... Well, she made me aware I only found out a month ago uh, but we're the only natural born from the she she's the herald um, as you know and she wasn't made like the others the two of them just stare open mouthed at the two of you, just completely not knowing what to say. She, if if you're having trouble down there, Father, I mean, we can give you a rundown of exactly how she was she was made. I mean, it's kind of like I was made. He puts on, a hand up to you. Just on, <laughs> on the other hand, Lenara, as you're well aware, is not Trevor's. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Sister, and I do believe there's something. Um, if, if that's a subject that we'd much rather switch to now. Something? Mm-hmm. So now, now Lenara and your parents are all staring at you? Trevor, I've I've spent quite some time with you, and I've I've never seen someone that made you want to change out of your armor and into fancy clothes and leave your hammer behind. So, and your dad slams his fist down on the table. Is you were in fancy clothes, and we didn't get to see it. <sighs> Out of all the things you remember from being drunk, it's that? I'm sorry, I've never seen you in anything other than your arm. Well, I've helped you into armor, but you don't wear... Your pajamas are very raggedy if you wear them. Yes, I... She convinced me, but... <laughs> we were we were some <sighs> there's part of me that wants to dig this hole deeper but I, <laughs> I feel like I'm just adding on to a fire that's already ablaze so <laughs> uh, so you we, now have uh, it as you begin to talk there is a awkward silence as a uh, handful of uh, of of uh, not servants, but it looks like uh, looks like your parents kind of pulled out the stops for this. There's actually like they brought in like a pseudo caterer to to take care of this dinner for all of you. Uh, and so there's a there's three people that come in and start taking away the 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 leftovers from all of this, and uh, then bring in uh, uh, bring in a. a wild boar for uh for the main course along with all of the uh accompanying sides that go along with it uh and start serving and so everybody's just kind of sitting there really awkwardly as the uh as the caterers are beginning to serve food so the story is we <sighs> hakos managed to get us a ride here on their ship and then we agreed to some, a date night uh, you are jumping ahead the servants start serving food very fast <laughs> you see that the, the some, one who's cutting up the boar is like like really going out of the ah, I need to get out of here it, so some crazy stuff happened along the way, and uh, you know, considering that the ley line kind of killed me, being on the deck of the ship was beautiful. And it, Lenara seemed to share the same thought as I did minus the death part and 
I don't know. The way... The way she handled things during our trip was impressive. I thought, why not? We'd go out for a drink. And I didn't expect anything, and she showed up in a very fancy dress, so I couldn't let the lady go by herself in a nice outfit, so I had to go get one. It was nothing major. I look at Lenara. Right? We... It wasn't anything major. Oh, except for when you gave me this and she pulls up her hand that has a big, uh, a, a big jeweled ring on her finger. <laughs> and you hear a sharp intake of breath from your mother. As she yeah. puts her hand over her mouth? From me too! <laughs> <laughs> and um, there's an awkward silence as Lenara gives you a big shit-eating grin and she takes the ring off and she says, no, this is just something that I found in, in Kirby's in Kirby's rooms. I'm sorry. I, I had to. I'm pretty sure you gave my mother a heart attack. You, you look back over at her, and she is... Your mom is mean-mugging the shit out of you. What, what did I do? She settles in, starts taking some cuts off of her plate, giving rings to girls, and not even bring them around to meet the mom. Did and you not, not even listen to real. what she said? It's not even real. I got all excited that I might have grandkids, but no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. Oh my goodness. Lenora is just dying. She's just she's just rolling with laughter right now. Uh it, next to you, Avalon is like looking at you questioningly, Harkos, like she does not understand what is happening at all. So I'll kind of lean over to Avalon and be like, basically, if 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 Trevor were to have offered Lenora a nice enough pebble, um, they would mate <laughs> for life. But, well, I say for life, but honestly, anymore, some people get really mad and they stop the for life part and then they, they go get different pebbles. To di It's a whole thing, but that Le Lenora lied to make Trevor feel awkward in front but of his parents. That Lenora is an elf, isn't she? Well, yes. Well, for life for her is very different than uh, for for a man for a human well it did be a bigger commitment from her I suppose than I mean you make a fair point but I mean I Trevor's okay I guess it's it's up it's you know this isn't really my place to say but it's just a tradition. Um, that people do. Uh, the the uh, sanctuary was very adamant about the the sanctity of it all, but also none of those 
stuck up people uh, took part. So it was just neither here nor there. Uh, but I, I mean, I got the gist. So, I, uh, oh, go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to push my chair back and and stand up and turn to Lenara and hold out my hand. She she it takes a minute to compose herself as she is giggling intensely. Uh and uh she she looks at you it's like what what? Um it, Okay. And she takes your hand, not really knowing what is going going on. As the DM doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> I may not have given you any sort of ring because I don't think there's I don't think we've been around each other that long, but if you would have me, I think I would like to continue and make it officially a relationship and I'm going to kiss her hand. Harkos drops his silverware. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the, uh, the servants or not the servants, but the uh, that the caterers just stop everything that they're doing and stare as there is another sharp intake of breath from your mother. Harkos leans to Avalon, who probably isn't really reacting, and goes, okay, so I know I just tried to explain this to you, but in Trevor's situation, this is bigger than the pebble. <laughs> Good. Go ahead and roll a charisma check with advantage. I hate you a little. <laughs> said with advantage. Can it be a save? <laughs> what are you saving against, you cheater? I don't know. But Yourself? My save, looks, my save looks so much prettier than my check. Oh. I said fucking advantage. Oh, fuck. Man. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. That. Mm. Thank you. Thank you for advantage, sir. That was a one. Oh, God. Jesus. That's a 19, which is a dirty 20. (laughs) Fuck me. Are you telling me me both of us only have a plus one to charisma? Yep. There is no party face. (laughs) We need to work on that shit, man. We We can't be doing this shit. We can't be going up against dragons with no charisma. You kidding me? I got strength. <laughs> I, I have decks. That's about all I got. Fucking <laughs> hell. Lenara still <sighs> kind of red-faced from all of her laughter. I uh, stares at you, mouth agape. Uh, no, mine and- isn't a joke. <laughs> And you get the sense that she was waiting for the the haha gotcha like in return, and it you say that and she yes, I would find that quite pleasant. 
and like you can see that she's just like super tense. This is a very, very awkward situation for her. And she like kind of nods her head really tightly. Yeah, yeah, let's uh, let's 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 do that. (laughs) She you see that her eyes kind of dart over to your parents and she's. Should we continue the dinner? Well, what what is what do my parents look like? Uh, your your mom is just like beaming. Uh, it, this is probably like the happiest and most excited that you've seen her since <laughs> since you've gotten here. Uh, your dad, your your dad looks like he's almost like figuring something out. Is not to. Uh, not to ruin the moment, but um, are you are you maybe too old for my son? Harkness <laughs> <laughs> leans over to Avalon. This is, this is that thing you brought up. Uh, <laughs> Also, super officially in very uncharted waters. So, uh, be- beg your pardon if I if I just watch this like uh, theater performance. So, so, so I'm gonna look at him and go, Father, I'm saving the world. It doesn't matter how old she is. And it's not polite to ask a lady her age anyways. Yeah, and your mom looks over at him and, like, slaps him on the shoulder after his comment. Uh, and, well, I'm... I'm happy for you then. <laughs> I'm just... I, I now have the shit-eating grin on my face. <laughs> Harkos, with this talks of stuff, it goes, uh, to be... Uh, in all honesty, Sterling, I, I mean, I'm five, so. <laughs> um, there's that. Or I think I'm five. I did. Fi- oh, God, how old am I? And Harkus like leans back <laughs> in his chair as he questions his existence once again. Uh, Avalon leans in. It depends on if you count your age from when you were you were laid versus when you hatched. How how long was Oh oh no. How long was and, I in an egg? Um a very long time. <laughs> ne- never mind, new information has come to light. I redact my previous statement. I apologize for interjecting. So I'm going to, while still standing up, pick up my glass and say a a toast to family and found family and new relationships. Uh, I was I. 
I wanted to jump in on you and have Harkos go a new love, but <laughs> I, I, I didn't want to make things any more awkward. I feel pretty awkward, and it's not even happening to me. So that was a, that was definitely a Nick comment that popped into my head. Harkos will toast. Uh, your your parents both pick up their glasses, and Lenara picks up hers, and she gives you a little clink on yours before you drink. I. Hmm. Uh, so you you sit back down uh, after this very showy non-proposal proposal, uh, and the the rest of the dinner goes pretty much as you it 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 takes a while for uh, things to kind of s- smooth out after that big rush of excitement, <laughs> uh, but uh, you you all kind of get back into that you're able to just kind of chit chat and. You know, uh, your dad starts talking about, you know, all these orders that are coming into the forge and he's he's actually had to hire out for the first time. He has had to hire out some extra help that are currently the ones that are working the forge so that you all could do dinner. Well, as long as we are here, if you need any assistance, I'm more than happy to help. Well, I expect that. uh, I would expect that very soon you would actually be moving on um, seems like Aetherport's getting back on its feet at least and there's uh, how how do you say there's uh, much bigger shrimp to fry is that the is that the phrase oh, something along those lines I believe but I we wanted to invite you to dinner because we wanted to make sure that we were able to do this before you you left to continue on whatever your next step was or is I guess so not to darken the mood but uh Mother, how are you feeling since everything? So she, uh, she, she finishes the bite that she was she was having of her food, and she sits her silverware down. And... I don't know. Um, it's odd because before, I, it felt like I was fighting constantly, like I was battling something back in my mind, but. I don't I don't know why but I don't feel it anymore. This is wonderful news. It seems wonderful. Yes, and it's nice to have a reprieve, but I'm just concerned about what that really means in the long run. Well, while we were delving down um a lot of the prisoners were um, well they were Cyraxis had hold of their minds so I wonder if there wasn't some part of that that maybe she was trying to exert over more susceptible people within Aetherport to to draw forces while she drew strength 
And now that she's gone, she has no need for forces here at the moment. That stands to reason. I expect that Cyraxis is gone as far away from the city as she possibly could to start to gather her strength. There were many many creatures that fell in line behind her. Many of what are now called the Feral that followed her because she gave them she gave them something that no one else did at the time was a lot more accepting but was only in certain circles but I expect that you'll see a much more varied host that comes to her aid now that she has she has fully returned but I will take the blessings that I can that at least for now I don't have to fight so hard do you have any idea where you are going to be heading next um we haven't fully discussed it um but as you bring it up your family is got some history um do you know by chance of the shining city uh, so the two of them kind of look at each other and they they look back at you and they're like well there was four shining cities the one in the south Avalon puts a hand on your shoulder they probably won't know but I do was my home once and without you knowing it was your home too oh you son of a bitch <laughs> no you don't you don't understand that I'm not gonna say a ton because it's very under the trench coat that has been rattling around in my mind and my my blood turned to ice as you said. I want you to know how cold my body ran in that moment. So good in, for you. In real life or in, or... in real life, not Harkos. I don't <laughs> I don't know what Harkos did yet, because I haven't processed that. Nick was sitting there waiting, like and, and it was one of those things like I wanted you to say it and I didn't want. So I was like, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. And you said it, and my entire being went cold. Um so kudos. Um So, honestly, I'll, I'll, I'll meta that since it makes sense. So Harkos will go, Harkos will kind of like drop his head a little bit and go, I, I think some part of me already knew that. So then he'll, it, go ahead, go ahead. It, it, it was lost for a long time. 
and I tried to stay to keep it what it was, but I there's there's no way that it can be taken care of by just one and our father's more mortal children uh, the Alacocra uh, they had to move on too so it was just me and when when the nomadic monks came across the site and saw it in the state that it was and decided to put down roots then there was no way that I could argue with them So Harkos will slowly raise his head to look at um fuck Trevor what's your mom's name Yeah Trevor what's your mom's name <laughs> I have it. I so, have it saved. So, so, so Harkos will raise his head to look at Petunia. Petunia. It, it's Sterling and uh uh fuck. I saved it somewhere. Where did I fucking save it? I'll just Nick future editing Nick just use whichever one's right Harkos raises his head to look at Rachel Harkos raises his head to look at Kelly Harkos raises his head to look at Mary Harkos raises his head to look at Sarah starts with a B Harkos raises his head to look at Beatrice Harkos raises his head to look at Becky Harkos raises his head to look at Bethany Harkos raises his head to look at (laughs) Bartholomew Nina Bonnie, save it. Betty, careful, careful. (laughs) Um, Bianca, there you go. Sterling and Bianca, Iron Job Man. So Harkos raises his head to look at Bianca. See, got it in one. (laughs) All that is saying it. We might cut some of the big, big Brad pauses out, Uh, but all of all of the fake. Harkos slowly raises his head. And looks at Bianca. Um. So we're going to Okaido then. For uh, a couple of things, apparently. Do you know when? Um. As soon as we're able, I suppose, I... The people I know there... I deserted. It was my home. Um, in more ways than I ever understood. And... Well, I, I'm wanted for trial. And... Should I failed to arrive, they will not stop hunting us, so Well, 
that's um seems like already quite the quite the undertaking I guess so it's at this point that uh, you hear a knock uh, and one of the uh, one of the caterers comes in and, and says um Master Sterling and Mistress Bianca, that there's um, there's somebody knocking on the door. Should we um, should we get it? And uh, Sterling kind of grunts and he pushes his chair back and he stands up. And says, no, I, I'll go and get it. And he uh, looks over. Sorry, I'll be back in just a moment. I'm sure it's just one of the one of the apprentices needing some assistance with something. I'll, I'll return shortly. Uh, and he walks out of the room. Uh, and after a few moments, he walks back in with uh, one of the members of the Royal Guard. And following behind him is Lord Tyrellian. Uh, How's he looking? Uh, better. He uh, he's not dressed near as nice as you've seen him in the past. He's still kind of he's still dressed, but he's not like in his full pompous ass uh -huh. attire, but he's still he's still dressed fairly nice, despite the fact that he pretty much gave away all of his all of his riches. He's still, a, you know, basically like a merchant prince of this of Aetherport. Yeah, so he still has incomes that are coming in. So he's he's doing fine. Mm -hmm. uh, he doesn't have a stockpile anymore. He's he just got a, money. Yeah, he's got money. He just doesn't he doesn't have old money. You know, like generations uh -huh. of his family's worth. Uh so he he comes in behind the behind the royal guard and he says, uh I'm so sorry, are am I interrupting? No, sit down, have some food. Oh uh I actually you, can't. You too, sir. I, I motion to the guard. Uh, uh, you go ahead. Um, I, I'm afraid that we can't stay for very long. Uh, I have many more of this same message to deliver, but um, something happened, and I think that it's probably going to involve all of us to deal with the consequences of that rumors started spreading around Aetherport uh, what's faster than a wildfire is there something faster than a wildfire that we can it doesn't matter me on a good day It faster than Harkos on a good day oh that's quite fast um King Gibbous Jubilee has been dethroned. Ooh. And there is now a whole lot of people who are saying that they are the next rightful ruler well, of Riven. Why has he been dethroned? 
There was a rumor that started running around that it was him who allowed Cyraxis to return. Oh, motherfucker. You piece of shit. You son of a whore. Don't you (laughs) fucking take my good thing and use it against me to be a cockbite. You god fucking... You know what? I take it back. Kill the other thousand people and undo this. Yes. (laughs) Fucking... Oh, what a knife in the fucking gut. Jesus Christ. <sighs> Sorry, continue your bullshit tirade. <laughs> uh, that it seems that those rumors got to people with motives. Surprise. They used it to make him step down. Yep. Uh- I suppose it it could have been um, a handful of many things um, but I and Harkus is very sheepishly just playing with food on his plate now um, to be quite honest I, I believe this is I think this is my fault um, to to rouse people who didn't want to leave I I may have left out the whole dragon business as that doesn't carry too well and may have created a believable lie but it, it I mean it wasn't exactly that rumor it was it was more that Gibbous was trying to bolster the forces of the his growing army and magic had gone awry and then and, and... oh dear I that Harkos you this is not your fault it... I said things that were untrue to try to get people to leave as well and it's and anything that I could have I, I said could have been used in the same way it's not your fault. But there are many wealthy, powerful merchant families that have been looking to expand. And it could have been any of them that would have used any reason to try to extricate the king. And um, he, he looks around at everybody. We all know who he was they would have found whatever reason they could and chances are given enough time he would have given them a reason all on his own it's a fair so point I'm, I suppose I'm sorry to disturb your dinner but uh I felt that this was something that you needed to know as soon as possible. We do appreciate the information. And I know you have to get going, as you said, but please take some food. Uh, I'm sure you need it. I I am fine. Um, that 
he the uh the the royal guard that came with him you see is just like munching on a biscuit uh take, take more if there's leftovers i don't require them but but there's there's many in the city that do so uh i would rather it get taken to them looking at the guard <laughs> take more he opens up a, a pouch that's on his side and he throws like three biscuits in there and, and some like candied fruits and like that kind of shit and just like throws a bunch of stuff into his bag and ties it up and thanks take some meat what are you doing silly but I can't <sighs> just carry meat around with me I'm keeping I'm putting stuff that would actually keep while I'm out and about take a piece to eat first <laughs> He takes a big chunk off of the off the plate, starts munching on it as he as he turns. He gives a he gives a salute and then he munches as he walks away. Will will these aspiring kings will they be meeting somewhere to uh. soon to? Yes, that's a excellent question. Um, they're actually meeting at dawn. <sighs> uh, despite my many protests against making it so quick, they are going to meet and try to ha hash out uh, who should and be the one to take the throne? We would like to be there. I expected that you would. Uh, that's, again, this is why you were the first stop on my many stops that I need to I need to have tonight. D appreciate it. Uh, but if there's nothing else, I, I will, I will start on my rounds. And he, he gives the, he kind of looks at the both of you and, um, I'm sorry that we, uh, we keep on having problems that apparently we need the two of you to help us solve. Terillion. <laughs> Go ahead, Brad. No, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, I insist. No, I insist. <sighs> Trevor goes first. Ha! Off. Well, now I forgot what I was going to fucking say. <laughs> Isn't that fucking typical? If you remember it after I say my thing, you don't get I'll, to say, I'll it. say it. Oh, no, no, you okay, don't. Get, I won't say it. You don't get to say it because that means you're a fucking liar and a cheat. <laughs> so Tyrellian says his piece about oh sorry we have to keep having problems for you to solve Tyrellian I'm glad to see you're doing so well genuinely no oh, well thank you uh, certainly not as well as I was a few months ago but uh, I'm happy to be alive at least yeah. there was 
a great many within the city that are not so lucky. Well, you may not be well on the material level in your eyes, but the the things that Trevor told me you did, that you're well on a spiritual level, I guess is the best way to put it. It's Just very, trying to make amends. It's very big of you. It completely misjudged you, and, and for that I will always be sorry, but it, it is good to see you doing physically as well as you are. Um, and it will always be a regret of mine that I did uh, I misjudged the two of you as well. Well, we don't live in a world where we can dwell on those things too long anymore, so... Decidedly not. Water under uh, the bridge. I, I hope that you are able to enjoy the rest of your evening, and uh, I look forward to seeing you at dawn. We'll be there. Oh, uh, I'm sorry, there... Uh, I was going to say, where where is there? there uh, the, they're meeting at the, uh, the Aetherport Courts. It's uh, converted into a court system after the old Senate was dissolved by Jubilee's ancestors. Uh, they are planning on meeting there felt that it was the most appropriate place to have a meeting such as this. Uh, and Trevor, you know that this is uh, this is kind of in the same district of the city as uh, your dad's shop, and it's not too terribly far away from their estate either. Okay. Uh, and you, you know perfectly well where it is. Uh, but he, he gives you both a, a bow, says, uh, I sincerely hope you can enjoy the rest of your night. He uh, kind of takes a takes a few steps backwards and then uh, turns on his heel and walks out. Well, on that note, I suppose a few hours of rest before we go deal with that it, it problem. At this point, you're probably getting towards like, you know, seven o'clock in the evening. Like it was pretty long, pretty long dinner. Uh, so, yeah, you're you're probably getting close to the time when you'd have to you'd have to get bedded down. So uh, looking at mother and father, I'm going to go. Do you mind if we take up some of the spare bedrooms? It'd be nice to sleep in an actual bed. Her, art, her, her, her eyes dart between you and Lenara. Separate rooms. Um, that that was the the plan. Well, of course, Trevor and I. The, I he doesn't like to share a room with me after what happened at the uh, Iron's Edge Manor. So we usually <laughs> have separate rooms. <laughs> Well, now you have me quite concerned. What happens? Did you may want to give Harkos extra pillows uh, and blankets, and, please? Yes, just bedding in general. 
Avalon leans in real close and she's like, you do it too. Oh, thank oh. God. Yes, he does. Argus just shoots Trevor a look. <laughs> <laughs> Not judging. Not judging. I, uh, but I, uh, uh, Trevor, you, you know where all of the guest rooms are. I, uh, you take your, uh, you, your, you, bleh, bleh. I, bleh, I can't bleh, fucking bleh, talk. Bleh. You take yourself and, uh, your, your friends here to find. Well, before we leave the room, I'm going to give each of my parents a hug. Uh, it, both of your parents happily embrace you. Uh, and your mom runs over or not runs, but she. Uh, walks over and uh, they they kind of do the formal like uh, Lenara takes uh, your your mom's hand and uh, then your your mom just pulls her in and <laughs> wraps her <laughs> wraps her in a hug and uh, then you all head off for the evening to uh, get I, your rest. I'm gonna look at her and go uh, oh, get fine. used to that. <laughs> uh, you all head off to get your rest and I think that that is where we will go ahead and call it for today that's good you didn't leave us on a cliffhanger after kicking us in the fucking feels all night I'm sorry he didn't leave us on a cliffhanger mister I'm fine about the king tribunal about to happen yeah, but we're going to bed. It's not like we're not in the middle of said cliffhanger. But we're we're on the we're we're looking at the cliff. But the lead <laughs> the leader of the entire continent is to be decided. You know what? You're fine. I'll talk to you in about fifteen in about three minutes. I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so thank you all very much for joining us at our table for our first episode of season two. Da, da, da. I, what, the, what the fuck did you guys expect coming into a new season? Did you think that I wasn't going to fucking hit you? Anyway. Yeah, we uh, expected stuff, but that was a lot. I'll, was I'll, a be, lot honest, of kicks. I'll be honest. 100% have had such a long week. Super forgot that um, William and Lavenworth were in trouble. You killed the wrong NPC. And and then, and then, well, no, no, we'll talk, I'll about, talk it. about it in three minutes. But I did, I did forget about them. So, yeah, uh, I didn't expect it at all. <laughs> uh, if you're uh, if you're enjoying what you're hearing uh, and you're enjoying some of the extras that we're giving you here in October, uh, you could show us some support through a couple of different ways. Uh, the first way is to do something as simple as just buying us a coffee. If you go to ko-fi.com, search for Rolling in the Geek, you can do a one-time donation there. Uh, if you wanted to do something a little bit more substantial, you could uh, support our Patreon. Uh, we are good little warlocks and offer up sacrifices to our patrons, depending on the tier that you choose. And speaking of sacrifices, John, this is your weekly sacrifice. Thank you. Brad, where can these fine folks get in touch with us? You can subscribe to our newsletter on our website at ritgeekpodcast.com to keep up with all things Rolling in the Geek. Or you can find us on any of your favorite ear bacon stations. Also, we're very active on Twitter. And if you want to talk to a bunch of rad content creators, podcasters, artists, and all-around cool people, you can join us in the Underground Oracle Discord through the link on our website. Thank you very much, Brad. 
Nick, this week, you are the sound paladin who has taken an oath to the crown. Very thematic. With your shining beacon of purity, you wipe out the enemies. The sound destroying enemies of the Rit Geek Empire. Can you please put something fun on the throne for us to go out on? Uh, sure. Is is now a bad time to say in season two? I just I just agree with whatever you say, and then we end the episode. There's no there's no, there's no rhyming. There's no music. I'm so, I'm so glad we talked about format changes for for season two, and that that was totally a point of conversation that we had. Yep, no more music. It's over. Uh, that's a bold that, face. That fucking lie. Is a, my, did I steal music from the world? <laughs> yeah, you did. Uh, William was the personification of music. Yep. So <laughs> yep. When, when he died, so did the songbird within me. Can um, confirm. No pun intended. Hootie Who from Nick and Harkos. Uh, as our feels got lots of kicks in episode 96. Um, <laughs> tune in next week to see... If we pick King Evan in episode ninety-seven, don't name anybody Evan. <laughs> don't name don't. anybody Evan. It was yeah, I don't know anything about right the now. King's potential people. I rhymed with seven. Don't pick, don't make some. If you make somebody named Evan, I we murder him before the tribunal starts. I'm just gonna come out in the open and say that this week uh, I got a song for you here. Um, I thought with with where things were and where Harkos was mentally, this is kind of a kind of a team song, kind of a Harkos song. But I thought it was a decent spot to start out uh, season two. We'll see if that carries or not. So without further ado, here is the parody for episode ninety six. <clears throat> Someday when it's all over, <laughs> I will fly. Across the land that I fought for, my friends right by my side. Someday when it's all over, the world will see that things don't need to be terrible thanks to the B team. Sometimes the world seems real dark and it can be so hard to see the light. But Harkos, Trevor, Trevor, (laughs) Phil, and crew are always going to fight for you. That much you can count on. I didn't remember that part. Uh, Someday when it's all over, I can try. To have the family I always wanted, mom, dad, sister, and I. If everyone can change their mind and give it a shot, so can I. (laughs) (sighs) That's it. Uh, I was I was actually I was really excited about that song for season two. Uh, Really upset about it now. I'm sorry. It's fine. It it makes for good narrative. 
It's fine. I'll be fine. It's all for the story, man. The dice decided I didn't. It's fine. I'll be I'll be great. Stop it recording. Again, this is the third time this week that the red tide have caused an uprising. This is every single time, every week that I need to call because I've had yet another problem getting paid. We have this issue. And for what purpose? They do it for sport, for fun. This is what they do to pass time at work. And it keeps people like, I have mouths to feed. I mean, come on, guys. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.